Hello, good evening, and welcome to Talking Trade on the Tours Live Show. What are you up to? Have you finished for the day? Have you got your feet up? Um, or are you still working on site? Some of us still work a little bit late, don't we? But uh, tell us what you're doing. Uh, have you finished for the day? Tell us what you do for a living. And um, maybe we can give a little shout out if we can. So today we're talking about um, something very serious that we've wanted to cover for quite a long time on the tour. It's quite important to this. Uh, and, and I want to ask you the question, really. We want to hear your stories and we want to hear your comments about this. Uh, have you ever sort of suffered any discrimination or any sort of racial abuse or any racism on, on, a, on a bit in building sites? So if you're working in construction and um, or you're out on site and different things like that, have you have you had it yourself, happened to yourself? Have you been a victim of it? Or have you witnessed it happening on sites and um, different places you've been working? Love to hear your, your your stories and your comments. So please keep them coming in. We'll read them out and we'll show them. We've got some fantastic guests today. We've got uh, someone joining me live in the studio who I'll like, introduce you to in a minute. And we've got two brilliant people who, who are going to join us. Um, on the phone. So keep your stories coming in and uh, we'll um, we'll read them out. So first I have to introduce my fantastic guest in the studio and I, I'm pleased to welcome Tristan Price. Hello Tristan. Hello everyone. Now Tr Tristan, Tristan goes by a, another name on a, a handle is called apparently. This is a young yeah. talker. Um, the streets. <laughs> t t t t tell us what, the, what they would find you as. Mate. Yeah on Instagram um, Hot Boy Trizzy as some people watching this may know me as if you're watching it I don't know. What? I don't know, you know. I don't know. Just with my friend and like, we just. How old was I, man? So I'm 26 now. I must have been uh, 20s. I think I was in my 20s, like oh, early really? 20s. And it just kind of I called my Instagram handle Hot Boy Trizzy, and it just stuck since then. And that's what everybody knows. And now about. here we are, <laughs> 26 years old, Hot Boy Trizzy. I'm just here. You know what I mean? I wish I had a, a cool name like that. Not so t t tell us, mate. What, what do you what do you do for a living? Where, where do you work? So uh, I do construction um, as well as security. Currently, um, I'm working with some joiners, laboring for some joiners. Um, you know, just like moving their doors about, whatnot. You know, bits and bobs on site and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I do that. Um, do a bit of groundworks as well if I'm not laboring. Um, uh, roller and dumper driving. So yeah, like machine handling or whatnot. So yeah. Do any wheel spins and stuff in the dumper? Um, I mean, if if any employers are watching, no. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Uh, if any employers are watching, yeah. you're the perfect dumper. Oh, driver. mate, listen, yeah. look over my shoulder when I'm reversing all of that good stuff. You know what I mean? but, <laughs> Not in the yeah. mirrors. What, you yeah. said you were studying for some uh, driving business uh, or something? Uh, no, I, I don't drive. I need to get my license. So so for, the, for the dumper stuff, you've got to oh, take some courses or something? So um, yeah. Oh, right. So basically, I'm a red. I've got a um, red card, so I'm trying to get my blue card. You have to log a certain amount of hours oh, to okay. um, get your uh, blue card. So, well, yeah, where do you live? Where are you based? Uh, in Birmingham, Just yeah, Aircraft Green, Birmingham. And yeah. so, but in the evenings, you do another profession. Yeah. So what, what, do, uh, what do you do on the weekends? Uh, do security on the weekends. Um, do that about typically three nights a week. Can, you know, go to four nights a week, depending on the demand and whatnot. But yeah, I do security on the weekend as well. On, yeah, the, on right. the doors? On the it? doors, yeah. On the um, pubs and clubs and, you know. They still call bouncers these days. Yeah, I guess people yeah. people still call me a bouncer. Yeah, so yes. So so um, you, something happened. When was this video happen? When did it happen? Um, that was uh, when was that? My May, I think it was May. Just just May, just gone. I think so. Oh, was okay, it? Yeah, I should know. It did. It was me. <laughs> um, but I. What does the article say? I think it was like May, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, not too long ago. So so you're working at the, the doors in Birmingham. Yeah. And 
people watching, you might have seen the video um, with Tristan in that he's going to tell us about. T just tell us about what happened in that video and, and went viral and things. Well, basically, um, I was uh, working on a venue, as I always, um, on a weekend. And um, this woman who had been ejected from the premises was trying to regain entry. Obviously, I'd refused her because she had been ejected for, like, you know, kicking off and whatnot and whatnot. And, um, yeah, like, she just kind of just went off the handle and, you know, started throwing racial slurs at me. Um, I should have been recording it, but I, I didn't have my body cam on. It was, like, it was charging or the battery was dead or something like that. And, like, this girl next to me was randomly recording it and she sent me the video afterwards. Okay. Yeah. So, um, does, does, does that happen a lot? Or um, I would, that's the first time, uh, doing security that something like that has happened. Like I was, when it had happened, I was so shocked, but it's not the first time I've kind of, um, you know, been in a, in the, like two months prior to that, I had like dealt with two incidences of that nature where I'd been called, um, word that the, uh, woman had called me, uh, in that video, but it's kind of like. As this did happen, um, it's kind of like you just brush it off and, you know, get on with it. You're like, I'm not going to start living my life kind of thing. I have to say, in that video, you were very cool <laughs> and professional. Yeah, I can imagine if I was in a situation that I would have got sort of wind up, but you were very yeah. cool. It seemed like it didn't really sort of stun you that much. Yeah, it was like, obviously, it's a woman. So I'm thinking, like, I'm not going to do anything. Like, I don't know. I was just thinking, I'm just a chill guy. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah. chill. So. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, well, I'm not going to do anything. So I'm not even going to like pretend to kind of have some sort of aggression as if I was going to do something. So yeah, I was just thinking, yeah, right, cool. Like you're, you're making noise and whatnot, but you're not touching me. So there's no actual reason for me to do anything or make any steps or anything like so, that. So. so after that incident happened and the, the lady was, was gone away, mm -hmm. did you, were you thinking about that then? Or did you forget about it until that person sent you the video? Um... Yeah, I was kind of, like, I, I thought, I didn't think nothing of it. To be fair, I did kind of think, like, oh, man, I just can't wait to get home, as I do most nights anyway. Um, like, you know, you have your good nights on the door, you have your bad nights where things might kick off or whatever. Just thinking, oh, it's just another shift and want to get it over with. Um, and then, obviously, I got sent a video. I showed it to my friend kind of at the gym, like, I think it was the next day, only because he had, like, asked me, um, like, what was the door saying last night? And I was like, oh, yeah, this happened. But initially, I didn't want to show it because it was like, I've been bullied by a girl kind of thing. And it's, I didn't want, I was like, I wouldn't want to post that. But then obviously he was explaining she could be a teacher or a nurse or, you know, something that involved with kids or whatnot. And then I, I kind of um, decided to post it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, can, does anything happen to the lady that was in the village? Just, just, can she be prosecuted at all? Uh, to my knowledge, she's... Um, I think she has been prosecuted, but obviously any like charges from my end have uh, been dropped. So I'm not um, kept up to date on what's happening legally uh, with the situation. Okay. I, I believe she's been uh, charged. That's correct. Okay. I think so. So what about on in your job in, in construction? Is it something you, is racism something that you come across? Do you see that a lot? Of the um, to you? Not, it's something I've dealt with before. I feel like, um say maybe me being younger if i had ever thought of what a uh, builder looks like or something you know like i say typically like a builder someone in a hard hat or whatever i never used to think of it um as someone that would look like me or say if i was on a site i would like typically like kind of be shocked to see another black person or be like maybe like 
one of two or something like that, which is obviously fine. You have, you know, different trades where or you know, jobs wherever I don't know, like people apply for different jobs and whatnot. Um, but obviously it's come to uh, be the case where like um I do see a, a lot more diversity. But racism is something I have dealt with in uh construction. Um but I kind of also feel like it would be immature to kind of like say construction is racist, if you know what I mean. I feel like there's a a broad area of like, I don't know what I'm even trying to say. I'm waffling a bit. I know what you mean. Like a, it's not just the construction. It's like it's any it's, workplace can okay. kind of, and you know what I mean, it can, it trickles into every in the, area of work. In maybe. the video, in, in uh, some of the things that the papers picked up when they, they, they reported that, was that um, a lot of people said, I can't believe that everybody was stood around watching. Yeah. And, and, you, and you said, um, well, I didn't expect them to do that. They were well within their, yeah. in, in their rights. Yeah. Do, do, do you feel that if that happens anywhere? Or do you feel people, what, what should people do in that mm. situation if, if we were together and that, and that happened? To be fair, when I, was, um, when I had experienced racism in a construction environment, I was on a site and then someone was like, basically like kind of masking it as a joke, but saying, um, he was talking about uh, an area in Birmingham. And he was saying like, uh, it's like, um, they're just like a bunch of dogs down there. And he was in a, a like a racist kind of um, undertone, like how he was describing the area and the people of the area. And like everyone in the site, everyone in the canteen was like so shocked. Um, I don't know, like someone should have said something, but, they didn't, but then I was kind of like, I was just, we were all just shocked, but I think people should be stepping up and saying stuff and um, getting involved. Why do you think they don't? What, what, what's stopping people from, are they worried about something? Are they worried that they're going to get attacked by other people? Why, don't, why do you think that people don't step forward? Like that night on the, on the door. Um, I think it's kind of like, say if you were to say, um, what would you do in this situation? You say, oh, I'd do this and I'd do that when you're actually put in a situation taking action or what you say you would do is different to um what you kind of actually would do so i think it's just a case of like being trying to be that brave person to actually step forwards and do what is right yeah. which um which I, a lot of people that i know would do and have done so so you've lived in birmingham all your life yeah um I might sound naive asking this, but mm. have you have you had to deal with racism your whole life or has it got really worse since the invention of social media? Um, yeah, I've, I've had like, you know, um, occasions like, you know, in school where obviously I've dealt with it and, um, you know, like growing up and just in different scenarios as you got, but it's kind of like your parents would almost teach you to kind of... Um, it's like almost kind of prepared to say it's to be expected and you, you do build a thick skin with it, um, which is, but my issue is that we shouldn't have to be building a, a thick skin, but it, it's something that I have dealt with. Yeah. Your parents had to teach you that you had to expect it. Oh, yeah. Almost. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's been the case. Yeah. So do you, do you think that, um, do you think that it's got worse with so, social media? And I, I'll ask you that because um, like in our, in our house, our, our house home heroes, Marcus Rashford, and he has been for years, even before he did all the, the stuff for kids and stuff. And he, like my son's got a pho signed photograph and he, he loves Marcus. We all love Marcus. But then the stuff that happens after the football when he missed that penalty, yeah, yeah. It, it, it all seems to sort of blow up. And I think that's mainly stuff online. Yeah. Do you think social media, media has, has made it worse? 
Yeah, I knew that was going to... I was in the pub at the time. I was working. Yeah. As soon as he missed that, I was like, like, oh, like poor kid. Yeah. <laughs> like out of Instagram, you know, I put my phone down and yeah. all that. But yeah, I knew it was going to be crazy. Um, yeah, I feel like, say for example, like um, even if you could like... Uh, say if you were to ask anyone what Xbox Live was like back in, I don't know, 2000 and what, still probably even now it's crazy. Like you, you're going to be hearing some slurs uh, flying about. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's kind of given people a, like a mask to hide behind. Obviously, I feel like they've made steps in updates to kind of, you know, bring people who are saying stuff to the forefront um, and not be able to like hide behind yeah. anonymous, 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 what's the word? Anonymous, 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 whatever the word is, yeah, uh, being able to hide behind yeah, the keyboard of, warriors. Not, there you go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not Thank really. you, mate. So we got we got a couple of comments coming. Keep your stories coming in, or uh, anything you've witnessed, or you've you've um, been victim to yourself. So our first comment is from Neil Smart. Hello, Neil. Thank you very much. Uh, not Neil, uh, Drew. Some of hell even. Um, there's a massive age discrimination in trades. Yeah, I, I wonder. Um, tell us what you mean by that, more, Drew. I don't know. Is that a, a thing between um, more older people on site or more younger people, or nobody? Because we haven't got many young people coming in, have we? Um, so next question, our next comment coming in is from Tom. Thank you, Tom. Um, so we're talking about discrimination and uh, racism. So it happens in every sector of work. And that's, that's what you were saying, wasn't it? Yeah. It's not yeah. just construction. It's... Yeah, of course. Yeah. It does happen in every sector of work. Yeah. Do you, having worked, have you worked in construction very long? Is it? Um, it's been about two to three years now, I'd say. Two yeah, around years. about, yeah, two, three so, years. So your general feeling is, is it, is it a a massive problem is it happening all the time in construction or not so much? Um, I know I wouldn't say it's like a, a massive, like, um, I mean, obviously, any case where it's happening is a massive issue, but I wouldn't say it is a massive issue, yeah, in construction. Um, that's just from my personal account. I'm sure there, there might be someone else who's had like a, a hell, hellish time, um, working in construction, yeah. but um, yeah, like it's the working in construction's like been. The most fun I've had, like job-wise, like I have the most fun. Well, like, it's the best, best thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. So I, I really enjoy. Uh, it. So we got one. We got one comment. Um, let us know it, um, if you've got any stories like Tristan or it's happened to you and Bill and Sykes. So our next comment come up is from Louis, or I think it's Louis, isn't it? I'm sorry if I've pronounced that wrong. Yeah, it, quite a bit, and it's more present in our industry than people like to admit. So I guess we're talking about our industry in, in construction. So um, I mean, I'm. I'm I, I, I hate to say I'm quite naive. To, I, I, I just work in little houses. I, I don't really work on yeah. building sites. And mm. um, I like to sort of have, not think that everything's okay in the world. And then suddenly when that stuff happened with the football, and it just you think, Jesus, it's not. Yeah, it's, it's still happening there. So, we, we're, so we're, thank you for that, mate. We're going to go on to our um, our next guest, uh, fantastic Zach Garner-Perkis. And he's a journalist. Um, and the article he wrote is from Construction News. Hello, Zach. How are you? I'm not bad. How are you doing? Oh, good man! Lovely sound on your on your microphone there. Uh, so, so you um you tell us about an investigation you did in, into the construction world and uh, sort of discrimination and racial discrimination that happened there. Yeah, well, uh, I I sort of done quite a few different investigations into like topics in the construction industry, like slavery, exploitation, you know, payments, all sorts of things, and I hadn't really uh, covered racism. And then I got stuck into the to topic, and it, it absolutely shocked me. Uh, I think, I mean, obviously you've spoken about like the incidents of abuse, but one of the things that I didn't consider that really uh, stood out when I started digging into it was like black business owners and the kind of like the 
the racism that happens, which doesn't necessarily get broke, uh, spoken, but it might be the owner of the company, you know, it might be the subcontractor and the, what the decisions that they make. So that this guy was actually, he wouldn't say that he owned the business because he knew he wouldn't get work. And it wasn't just him. It was lots of other people that he knew. And that was, you know, it was just accepted that that goes on. Um, you, you report that so, so you're saying that business owners um, on won't, won't admit to owning the business because they think that they won't win the contract from certain. They know they won't win the contract. They know it. That's mad, isn't it? Have you ever heard? Of it? Have you heard of this? Or? Say if I'm, you know, signing up for a job or something, and I'm putting like, you know, equal opportunities. I'm skipping that section. I'm not putting that I'm, um, uh, you know, black Caribbean kind of thing. It's just like in my head, I'm thinking someone's going to see that and then kind of make that judgment of, you know, what I might be, who I might be, what kind of person I might be like. And um, yeah, so I, I personally kind of, that's, that's, that's a common, a that's, that's a, I mean, it is a, a negative effect, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's kind of like you're subconsciously, like no one even taught me that. I'm just subconsciously thinking that I, that would be the best for my potential, um, you know, career prospects. I'm like, my name's Tristan. I'm thinking, oh, maybe they'll think that's like a more of a white sounding name, maybe, you know, like I might have a better opportunity yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It's, and that's a, a common thing that if you pretty much ask, you know, a lot of any black person, they'll yeah. probably say the same. Zach, how, how sort of widespread and embedded is racism in the construction industry? Is it, is it a widespread thing or is it something that doesn't happen very often? You know, I think football's a really good uh, comparison, right? Where you know how you've got all the clubs, you've got all the players, they're all saying, yeah, you know, show racism the red card, like taking the knee. And then when you get in the stadium, the fans are, are booing it. Like you've got all that other side of it. I think very similar to construction. You've got all the companies on the surface, but like underneath that, you know, what you've got going on, I think it's, I think it's absolutely, I think it's massively widespread. I mean... I don't think it's the industry's fault. I think it's like there's a demographic that, that works there. There's a stereotype about who works in construction. But yeah, I think I do think it's very widespread. Well, um it's interesting you say about that taking knee. On on the weekend I went to watch I went to Old Trafford to watch Man United. And um our hero wasn't playing that night. He's got a shoulder injury. But uh he they they took the knee and I was worried because I know that um, it's had a lot of booing. But actually, you know, Trafford, the, the crowd went mental for it. They, they, they loved it. And uh, I saw a post on Facebook about it saying, um, oh, it, were you there for the crowd? And I wrote a comment saying, yeah, I was there. And it felt brilliant when all the, the crowds cheered. And I got so much abuse for, for writing that, saying that I shouldn't be writing about it. I thought it was a brilliant thing to do because it just, especially after what happened in the England game. So um, it's funny, isn't it, even trying to defend you still get people <laughs> kind of angle to it's weird it's like the don't it's like to kind of attack the taking a knee it's like it's not directly racism that the kind of might want to put forward but it's their way of just showing their hatred for well, yeah, just a simple, people a simple yeah. gesture like harmless gesture yeah just doesn't make any sense does it really zach do you think do you think we're honest in the construction industry about Racism, discrimination, do you, do, do you think we're honest about that it's happening or do we like to turn a blind eye, do you think? Well, I think, you know, it just touched on, which is one of the, the difficult things that there is now, which is that, like, it's like people won't necessarily express, like, overly racist views. 
But what they will do is they'll say, oh, everything's woke. You know, everything's PC. You know, I don't agree with this Black Lives Matter thing. And it's a way of doing it like sort of signaling and like it's an undercurrent or like people are doing it. So one of the things I looked at was like how people were behaving on LinkedIn and some of the stuff that they were putting on there. And bear in mind on LinkedIn, you've got your company, you've got your job title. People would still post very extreme political views right the way through to outright racism. And these weren't just like junior people. You had people that are head of procurement. So imagine like going into head of procurement and that you've seen the stuff that they're posting on LinkedIn. You know, it's it's like I think that's that's the extent of it. And yeah, I, I don't think the industry's honest about it because you've got the leaders. They go out there and they'll say, oh, you know, we're behind Black Lives Matter or, or what have you. But do they really do enough to like go and find out what's going on on their sites? Not just their companies, but the subcontractors they employ. Like, do they really go out and find out what's going on? So even on the professional platform, working platform of LinkedIn, it's even happening on there. Especially. Someone said to me after they said, they were like, finally, someone's done something about this. LinkedIn's a cesspit, like has been for years. And like, honestly, it doesn't take long to find like some, some really awful stuff. All connected to the construction industry. Terrible advert for anyone working in construction or thinking of working in construction. You're not going to get a more diverse industry with that kind of stuff going on. Um, we've got some comments coming in, Zach. Stay, stay where you are. I think we've got a, a question for you, actually. Um, do you, do, so it's a question for Zach. Do you, do you think it's worldwide or it's more of a different countries stuff it worse or is it sort of the same around the world? Oh, it's worse in other countries. I mean, like you go to other countries, they'll literally like ship in people from other parts of the world that have, well, you know, look look at Qatar and what have you bringing people in from other countries that they're effectively like in a form of slavery. So, and they get treated absolutely terribly. So it's world, it's worldwide and it's even worse worldwide. Okay. Um, Zach, what, what does the current ownership of construction companies tell us about sort of racism across the industry? Well, see, this is one of the things that I was thinking about the other day, right? Which is when you think about like the, like in con construction, there was a sort of a thing where anyone could make it. You know what I mean? If you put it together, like you see a lot of the people that have become very rich in the industry, you know, they were like Irish, Irish guys that came over, like they worked their way up. And the question that I was wondering is like, obviously, Afro-Caribbean people, they've been working in the construction industry, you know, since the 1950s. But why are there no like big, like black owned um, construction companies, like big subcontractors like the Irish companies? Why is it that now when you've had like, Polish companies and that they're, they're, all of this is progressing and you look at who owns the companies and it's it's like a certain set of people are able to sort of ascend and you've got to ask some questions about why that is what are the blocks that are in the way what Zach, what, what can we do if, if we're on a building site and um we see something happen something horrible what what should what should people do how can they report it what what, what can they do about it I think this is one of the things, though, that construction needs to figure out, because one of the problems is that, like, it's not like an office where you go and speak to your HR. They might be a subcontractor that you don't know anything about. And like, it, they've got to come up with a system where you can, like, because it's not as straightforward as just reporting it to someone. And that's part of the problem of, of why it will go on. A lot of the time, people are protected by it. I mean, I've dealt with, written about some terrible stuff where people have been, I mean, completely separately, like, sexually assaulted on site. And the person that's done it 
is protected because they're a subcontractor and the main contractor doesn't have any jurisdiction. And the subcontractor bosses, yeah, they're mates with them. They just say, oh, well, I'm, I'm not going to, or they've had a stern talking to or whatever. It happens all the time. Okay, so it's unbelievable, isn't it? Um, let me go to a couple of comments. Zach, stay with us. You might be able to help us with these. Um, from Jovis, I hope I've um, pronounced that correct there. Um, I work in construction and my teammate is Nigerian. He's more qualified than me and people still look down their nose and prefer to discuss the job with me. I guess that's something that you find in your report, Zach. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's not a surprise. I mean, it's like the stereotypes and the assumptions that people make are really heavily embedded within the demographic that works in construction. Not everyone. It's not everywhere. And it's not every site. And there's like tons and tons of good sites that are great. I don't want to say that it's like it's all of construction. I've said it's widespread. Like there still are good people doing good things. But like, yeah, like it's, I, I'm not surprised by that. Okay, mate. Just hang on for one more comment, and then we you, you, we let you go, and you can have your your uh, tea that's cooking in the background. I reckon. No more than that. Okay, no, then we've uh, we haven't got one. Zach, thank you so much for that insightful um, look into what's happening. Thanks so much for joining us, Thanks and uh, take me. care, my friend. Thank you. That's um, that's um, that's I'm real. You, I mean, have you heard a lot about that, what Zach was saying there? Um, it doesn't. It kind of it doesn't surprise me. As I, you know, obviously I said with the job thing, like, yeah, like it, it doesn't. Um, sound uh, anything too alien to maybe what I uh, have, I have experienced uh, myself. So you were saying that you like on application forms, you were worried about filling out the that, that HR part of the. the yeah, form. yeah, definitely. But Zach's saying that company owners, black company owners, won't admit to owning the company because they think that that's their. That, their it just uh, it just make it just makes a lot of sense. Like yeah, it's what you're saying, yeah. but from a owner's yeah, 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 because yeah. he's kind of like um, do you know, say if you were kind of. To, to meet someone, it's like you want to kind of be on the same page as them. You kind of feel that being black, even though I'm not sure what your interests may be, not that it even matters, you kind of feel like before you've even got a chance to open your mouth to someone, they've kind of already thought, you know, this, that, I don't know, whatever might uh, assumptions they might have, um, you know, about someone who's black or a person yeah. of colour. Well, um, our next guest is going to tell us what we can do about it, and if we if we if we if we see it on site or if, we, if we're a victim of it, um, and we're joined by uh, Rose Simpkins from a website called Stop Hate UK. Uh, hello, Rose. How are you? Hi. Yeah. Good evening. Yeah. Well, gr what great guests you've had so far. Really great discussion. Really, but horrible to listen to, but really informative. Yeah. Fantastic. Very eye-opening for me. I, I, I'm very naive to this stuff. I, I thought we were all getting along fine. But what Zach's just told us and what Tristan's told us is, is unbelievable. So so tell us about your organisation, Rose. What, what, yeah, what well, Stop Stop Hate UK is a charity that actually started life in 1995 after the murder of Stephen Lawrence. And so we've been going for 26 years and um, our job is to is to fight and uh, this type of uh, attitudes and support the people directly, directly support the people who are affected. So I spend my time obviously running the organisation, but just trying to talk to as many people as possible about uh, what happens, you know, and why it's important for us all to play our part in in challenging it and trying to stop it. So how long? How long have you been involved with the? the, the is, it, is it a charity? 
it? Yeah, it's a charity. Yeah, I mean, it's like, so it started in '95, but I joined January 2006. So, uh, 15 and over 15 and a half years now that I've been working for Stop Hate UK. So, uh, um, we've seen loads of changes in that time, and it was in my first few months that we launched our first 24-hour helpline. Uh, which was an idea of Baroness Lawrence, you know, Doreen Lawrence Stevens' uh, mother, who wanted to know the difference it could make if you had somebody there 24 hours a day who could speak to you when, when these things happened. Um, and that's what we did. And we've been doing it ever since, uh, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, uh, to talk to witnesses and people who were directly targeted. Okay, so, so, so you've got a 24-hour helpline every day of the year so is that for victims um of abuse or for people that don't know what to do once they've, they've witnessed it is it or is it for both it's both and it's also you know you're talking about these uh em employers who don't know what to do you know people can talk to us around what should i do you know someone in my workforce has done this or that uh the drawback for us which i have to say is that because of lack of funding we're not available in every part of the uk so you do have to look at our website but new areas are being added all the time thanks to sort of donations and fundraising really um obviously because we're a charity money's tight so when um the the, the calls that you, you get how many calls do you, do you get a year do you think it's about three thousand a year um so uh the the thing with hate crime has has obviously been mentioned by the other speakers is around most people don't really know they they know something's wrong but they don't always know that they can get help that anyone will actually care and where to go and some is some uh racism and other forms of hate are, are really direct and overt some are very subtle and it is around who do you give the job to who do you who do you give the responsibility to, um, and uh, and you know how how are people how do people feel being in the workforce if they're excluded from things? So it's there's often subtle ways as well as as obviously the nasty direct ways, there's nasty subtle ways as well. In the three thousand calls you get, um, sort of what's the split between people that have received abuse rather than people that have witnessed it? And the second question that is, uh, is many of it from construction? I, I wouldn't, I don't think many is from construction at, at all. Um, um, I, to my knowledge, I don't recall people talking about um, construction building sites or um, that type of thing. Um, an awful lot is around where, around where people live. But I don't think, I don't think that means this other isn't going on. It's just that there are certain industries where it, this is just accepted. You know, uh, this is this is the the banter that people get. You know, the culture, and it isn't just construction. There's loads of other industries, and we you hear some shocking stories from industries where you think it shouldn't, you know, wouldn't be going on. And there's some really direct racism. You know, I've you know we've had people in hospitals experiencing it. So um, so. It, it, they're not the only industry, but I think there is a culture of um, of putting up with things and having to, you know, uh, not not speaking out. 
the insecurity of much of the employment, you know, often people, you know, day rates and all sorts of things mean that people can't speak up. But I do think there is this culture. And that's what we've noticed a lot since the murder of George Floyd. More and more companies are saying to us, we want to make sure the culture within our, our company is right. Are there things going on that people are not speaking up about? So it's not just about what people report. What we're trying to do is is change change cultures in a sustainable way so this doesn't happen in the future and people have the opportunities um and they don't have to deny who they are i mean but, how sorry yeah so sorry, Rose. I, I wanted to know when um somebody phones up a, a, a mm. victim of hate crime or someone who's witnessed it what does your organization uh, stophateuk.org by the way what does your organization do then with that information Right. Well, it depends what they want. So basically, we listen to what they're saying. We, we, you know, we can advise, we can support all different sorts of, it can range from emotional support to how do I keep evidence? How do I talk to the police? How do I talk to my employer? So it really is about what they want. We then ask them what they want us to do for them. So sometimes people want to do it themselves by after getting more confidence speaking to us. Uh, and other times they'll say, you know, they'll give us permission to maybe speak to the police, speak to their employer, um, you know, speak to their landlord. So it, it really is what it is. What does that person need and want? And hate, haters, you know, the people doing this are trying to take away someone's power. They're trying to to make them feel weak. And so what our job is, to, you know, is to build that back up because this shouldn't be happening and people you know so it's around what do you want to happen how can we help you and so people just say thank you for believing me thank you for listening you know there's all sorts of responses that that we get because for many people they've never been listened to or believed before and uh, and i think the nightclub example is a really really good one of what to do because the question is what do you do if you witness it and our advice. I've got to get that one in because I thought it was a really there were some really good examples in that, like the, the person videoing it and providing providing the video afterwards. That is exactly the right thing to do. Basically, what we always say to people is whatever you do, think about your safety. You know, is it safe to intervene? Um, my kids always tell me off because I'm always intervening and getting getting myself into big trouble. But basically, is it safe to intervene? Um, and if it's not, from a distance, do you do you dial nine nine nine? Do you take a, a recording of it? Um, do you um, uh, do you keep a safe distance and afterwards ask the person if they're all right? Because what people often say, it's it's it, what they experience is bad enough, but a lot of people are used to it. This is that this is what happens often. But what really hurts is that nobody else cares. And so actually just being there and saying, are you OK? Is there anything I can do? So like on public transport, people might go and sit nearer the person. You know, there's all sorts of things that we can do. And we have stuff around that on our website um, and also about intervening online as well, as you mentioned. But uh, it is around showing the support, but keeping yourself safe as well.
Fantastic. So, so the website is um, stophateuk.org, and on there we can uh, find everything. And you can, if you if you've seen something or you, you suffered something, we can go there and we can get some help. Rose, thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's been a pleasure, very and well. um, hopefully we catch up again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was that was Rose there. So uh, if, you, if, you, if you're not sure what to do, it sounds like a fantastic charity where you can get some help. If you want to report something or something that's happened to you or you, you've spotted something, um, I think we all deal with different things in different ways, don't we? Um, but that is Stop Hate UK. What do you reckon about that? And what's a bit of an eye up now, isn't it? Um, yeah, like um, it's, it's been kind of crazy to hear it say. Obviously, I you know, I had my own thoughts about the... Um, as we said about the uh, equality yeah. um, with the job application thing, but to actually hear about that, there's like loads of cases happening. It was a bit of a, yeah, like a um, bit shocking to kind of hear. That. So, so, so you were shocked to hear that it's. I think um, Zach was talking yeah. from construction mainly. Then yeah, a bit shocked anyway, to see yeah. um, here it's so commonplace. Say even if I if I go on a construction site, uh, site and I see a, a manager and they are black, I kind of think it's kind of. I don't know, it's like a subconscious, like I didn't expect to see that kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of weird to hear about those situations, yeah. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much to all our guests. What's what's next in the pipeline for you then? What have you got? So um, it's kind of, it's like a weird platform. Like I asked, So basically, if you're ever watching this, like I asked me, like ask me some questions for them to ask me. And like now we've had such like a deep, kind of talk about racism. It feels wrong to kind of say that I've... That's like, right, but you do some stuff. Well, you anyway, in support of Black Lives Matter and me, uh, charity, what's that? Oh, uh, yeah, so in support of that, I am a Black Life and you're going to support my music, uh, which will be coming out. Um, so not only is he a Dumbra driver and a bouncer, what don't he's I a do? musician as well. I do, it, I do it all, I do it all. And actually, I've got a um, boxing match coming up, or supposedly coming up, with uh, Ginge from Shardend. Who I think is dodging me. I don't think he wants All to. All right. Me. Well, if you're watching it, yeah. Thing, if he's tuning in, get, in, get in touch. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's in conjunction with uh, Knives Down, Gloves Up, which is obviously an anti-knife crime initiative. Oh, yeah. uh, the UK's leading anti-knife uh, anti crime initiative. So that's for a good cause as well. Yeah, so. brilliant. Well done, mate. Yeah. Listen, thanks so much for coming. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. And, for uh, having I really me. appreciate you coming in. Uh, just before we go, we just want to tell you about our um, our charities. We've got we've got some charities. Uh, that we want you to vote for, um, that we would choose as our charity for the year. And we've got four, if you, if you follow the page, you'll see every day that um, we, we put up a little bit about that, that one chosen charity. And you can vote on the one that you want. So we've got um, the Ben uh, Saunders Foundation, which is a, a foundation where a family uh, sadly lost their teenage son. And um, they set up a, a sort of a retreat that people would, families suffering with cancer can go to just to get away from it. It's absolutely fantastic. They're all fantastic. Um, Balls to Cancer is another charity uh, for cancer, not just for people with testicular cancer, any any cancer they, they deal with, they, they want to make that um, clear to one. Band of Builders is a, a brilliant charity that helps other sort of trades people in need. It's a, it's a bit it's a bit like our version of DIY SOS. I think we go they go down there and um, they renovate a house for someone and it's all charity. And uh, of course another thing that's related to trades is the is the lighthouse club which um they also support trades people in needs just in case they need any any money or anything if they, if they can't work. So that's our four charities that we're gonna um one of them we're gonna look after this year. Just, or if you see it come up just vote for the one that you, you um would like to vote for and we will enact that pretty soon. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I hope that's giving you some insight. Our, our eyes have been open to it. It's unbelievable. Um, but at least you know what to do at the end of the day if, if, if you're a sort of a victim to it or, or you spot a, a 
at all. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on Talking Trade. 